0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide. As an act of our will, we submit ourselves to Him that He would cause our ears to be anointed to hear, our hearts to receive, and minds to be open. And Father, we believe to be changed tonight from glory to glory by your Spirit, and also quickened according unto your word. And Father, I thank you for making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. And Father, I thank you for the anointing that will cause the word to go forth in power and might and demonstration of your Spirit and accomplish that which you purpose in the lives of those that hear it. Father, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for every good thing that's achieved among us, in us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, if you would, please. And beginning at verse 14, we have a prayer prayed by the Apostle Paul for the church at Ephesus. It applies to the church here and anywhere throughout the land or in the world. He said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to stop right there because that's my text and that's my title, The Fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. If you have been born again, you are God's temple. An action of God took place inside your spirit being that caused a change in your nature. God has taken over your life. You've become holy, pure, and sanctified. Set apart for the use and purpose of God. And, beloved, that is indeed an awesome thing to imagine. Each of us is a pure, holy, set-apart, consecrated temple to be used for the purpose of God. Pure in every possible way. All because of the precious blood of Jesus that's been shed and that has washed us and remitted our sin. But we don't stop there. You also... If you are spirit-filled, a temple that houses the manifest presence of the living God. You house the manifest presence of the living God. See, there's a twofold presence of God. The omnipresence of God and also the manifest presence of God. Omnipresence of God means He's everywhere all at the same time. Manifest presence of God means He makes Himself known in a tangible way. Like we see in the Old Testament when there was a cloud of glory that filled Solomon's temple when it was dedicated. It was tangible. They saw the cloud. They sensed the presence And even felt the presence of God because they fell under that power. They couldn't stand for by reason of the cloud. That is the manifest presence of God. Let me say it this way. That's God walking among men on earth. You have God walking in you. His manifest presence alive in you if you have been Spirit filled. Glory to God. That's enough in itself, isn't it? You are filled with the life, the power, and the substance of the living God. This verse takes us a step further and tells us He wants us filled with all of His fullness. You know, it's enough to let your mind settle in on the fact that you're God's temple. It's another thing to let it settle in on the fact that God's manifest presences in you And now, he's praying a prayer that we would understand the fact that we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Amazing to think that God has this in mind when he thinks of us. He is saying, Bill, I want to take you over. I want to increase in you. I want to expand in you. I want to occupy space in you until you are filled with my fullness and you no longer live, but Christ liveth in you. That's what he's saying. I want to occupy every ounce of being there is in you. Next verse says, if you get to that point, He is then able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. According to what? According to His miracle power or ability that's efficiently active in us. You see, when one gets filled with all the fullness of God, that means God is actively walking, living, Manifesting himself in us, in our entire being, until we are absolutely consumed with him and by him. Hallelujah. Beloved, this is something that every child of God should be diligently involved in, in everyday Christian life getting filled with all the fullness of God. It's called, in another place, by the Apostle Paul, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That verse is found in the book of Philippians, if you would please, in chapter 2 and verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I've done some research and study and you can read some commentaries and many agree that he's talking about God has made a deposit of Himself himself within you. His life, His nature, His substance, His ability, His grace, His power. All that is on the inside of us. God does not want that life, light, substance, power, ability, grace to be, what? Kept under a bushel. Does He? He wants it to shine through our lives. To be worked out from the inside out. So the light would shine among men. They would see our good works. Glorify our Father which is in heaven. I believe, beloved, if every child of God was diligently involved in working out their own salvation with fear and trembling, if they were committed to being filled with all the fullness of God, there'd be no strife in the church, there'd be no division in the church, there would be no arguments in the church. You know why? Everybody would be too busy working on self. Everybody would be too busy trying to get the life of God that is on the inside to the outside. Doing what is necessary to allow the very light of God to flow through every part of their being. Beloved, I believe that this is what God desires and wants for all of our lives. He wants access into this realm in which we live. And His greatest avenue of access is through the child of God. We are Christians. We are Christ-like. Christ-like in character. Christ-like in demonstration. Christ-like in agency of transmission. Transmitting the very life, the character, the power, the might of the living God through us. Into the lives of those that see us. That we contact in this everyday life. He wants us to work diligently at obtaining the higher life. As we choose to lose the lower life, to have the increase of God and the decrease of self. Is that your heart's desire? You know, you can be a believer for a long time and never mature in the things of God. Maturity and growth and development does not come by means of years of being a Christian, it doesn't. See, in the natural, we can age. Grow, develop, etc., etc. But it doesn't mean we mature. In order to mature, one must be committed to something, committed to self denial, committed to surrendering self to have more of something else. It takes effort, work, energy, diligence, dedication, a decision on our part. There's a whole lot involved to it. But, beloved, it's something that is attainable if a child of God so desires it. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would, please. And I want to share with you the thing, first thing that is necessary in order for us to have fulfilled within us the desire of God. And that is this desire. He fills our hearts with Himself until He expands into our very soul. In other words, He floods our minds with His very life, and our minds are renewed to the will of God. He doesn't stop there. By our permission, He makes His way into every cell that comprises our physical body. Until the very light of His life energizes every cell within our bodies. Until outflowing from us are rivers of living water or shafts of God's light and fires of His Spirit. That's what His desire is. Until we walk as He walked on the earth and do as He did and speak as He spoke on this earth. The first thing, beloved, is found in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians and verse 4. It's a statement made or declared by the Apostle Paul, and to just kind of summarize it, it's saying this You have got to want it bad. You have got to want it bad. Do you understand that language? In other words, it's not if it happens, it happens. You have got to want it like you never wanted anything else on earth. Have you ever desired something? I mean, really desired something? You put your finger on something and said, that's what I want. And nothing will stop me. Nothing will stand in my way. Nothing will keep me from achieving my goal. Have you ever been there before? And I mean to tell you, you did everything within your power. You took every step you had to take. You withstood any opposition. You were diligent. You sacrificed. You surrendered yourself. I mean, you were committed to achieving this goal. That is what it takes. Paul the Apostle said, For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of zoe, the life of God. In other words, he is saying, we want the very life of God to swallow us up. We want that life of God to manifest not only in our spirit, but through our soul. And even swallow up that which is called mortal. Until the very life, nature, ability and substance of God swallows up and consumes our very fleshly desires. Until we move about. As God's temple of light in a world of darkness, shining among men, showing forth the praises of Him that called us out of darkness into His glorious light. I'm preaching better than your response Glory to God. You've got to want to have God alive in spirit. You've got to want God alive in your soul. You want to think like God thinks. You want to set aside your human reasoning, the lower life, for the higher life, the mind of Christ, the mind of God. You want to say that other 90% of my brain that's not doing anything, I want it to become alive with God. I would like to see those cells of my brain energized with the very substance of the living God. I've got to want it. It doesn't just happen. I must desire it. Hallelujah. Paul did. He says, I'm willing to give up anything and everything in this life to obtain this life of God and Christ in me. That was his aim. He strived for that. Secondly, We must promote it. We must promote it. See, beloved, if we don't do anything to promote it, then it won't get done. To promote something takes a lot of effort and energy, doesn't it? If you're promoting a program, like our young people were promoting their play, their drama, Their ministry. They were letting people know. They sent out flyers. They encouraged people to come. They told their peers at school and said, Look, you need to be here. They were promoting it. You have got to promote it in your life. I have got to do something to promote it in my life. Well, what do we do? What must I do to promote this working of God within me? Beloved, one statement I believe I can make that will really set it in order like it should be. What you feed on is what you become. It's what you are. If you sow to your flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to your spirit, you will of the spirit reap the life of the spirit. If you feed on that which feeds your spirit, your spirit life will take over and rule your natural life. There is the higher life, Jesus said, and there is the lower life. It doesn't take anybody any kind of education to promote the activities of the lower life. Come on. Just get up in the morning and be yourself and you'll find out right away that the flesh has its own program, has its own plan, has its own ideas, the way it wants to live, what it wants to do, how it wants to act, etc., etc. But you try to promote an action or an activity of your spirit, it's like you've got every force around you trying to hold you back. The biggest problem is not with the world. The biggest hindrance is not with the devil. But the biggest battle you're ever going to face in this is with your own flesh. Your flesh will rise up like a giant and try to slay you. It'll tell you, you've got enough of God in you just like you are. Just stay that way and feed me. Take care of me. Right? Right? If you try to feed on the Word of God, the eyes suddenly get very heavy. True? If you say you're going to fast and pray to read the Word of God and become more Christ-like, suddenly, hunger comes from nowhere. And it starts to rise up in you in rebellion and says, Feed me. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And God is so gentle. He does not push himself into our lives. He does not make us do anything we don't want to do. He leaves it up to us and he says, Look, I'm there to help you, but you've got to enlist my help. You've got to want my help. You've got to call upon me. You've got to deny yourself. Self denial is a part of our Christian experience, is it not? See, we have got to feed the man on the inside, the inner man. And you know what? If we'll feed the inner man, it'll be easier to deny the outer man. Too often we've tried to do it from the outside in rather than from the inside out. I mean that. If you will feed the inner man, the man on the inside, that which is necessary to promote the activity of God within Until the life of God floods your soul, you'll find out it's a lot easier to control the outward man. And the outward man won't be as big as a problem. But if you try to just go cold turkey, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Have you ever found yourself saying, I'm never going to say that again? Give it seven and a half minutes. And there you are finding yourself doing it again why that's human nature and what we feed on we become and if we've developed wrong habits and bad habits and and we give place to those things in our lives then eventually they become a way of life for us in order to break that on the outside we must feed what is on the inside we've got to look to the word of god feed on the word of god Get before God and pray and sow to the Spirit. I'll tell you something to sow in your spirit if you really want to be more Christ-like and have a greater manifestation of the life of God within. And you will promote this greater working of God into your soul and physical body if you will follow this one verse of Scripture. Look at Isaiah, if you would please, in chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I don't know if you've noticed, saints, but we have lifted, been lifted to a higher ground in God. And the things that you are hearing are coming to you by way of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is really doing a work to promote our development in spirit. It's almost as if our focus is taken off of the outside working of God and on the inside working of God in our lives. In other words, healing is a work that takes place in the flesh, but it begins in the Spirit. And in order to get it, He wants us to get our eyes off of the outside or the outer man and get your eyes on the inside, the inward man. And when you do, it will promote the working of God on the outside to bring about that healing, that deliverance, whatever it is a person needs from God. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord. How are you going to promote the life of God that is in your spirit? So that it makes its way into your soul, into your physical body. They that wait upon the Lord. They that intermingle with God. They shall exchange or renew their strength. There is an exchange of God. His strength, His substance, His life. Imagine the strength of God manifesting in you. When a person is committed to waiting on God or ministering unto the Lord, intermingling with God through prayer, praise, worship, or study of the Word, and in particular really ministering unto the Lord, An action of God takes place on the inside of us. That action begins the flow of God so that the power, life, nature, substance of God begins to manifest into our soulish realm and our thought patterns. We are strengthened in our minds with the very mind of Christ. It also gives... Opportunity for that same life and working of God to manifest into our physical bodies just like Moses when he was up there on that mount and the Bible says when he came out from being in the presence of God his face shone. You realize the very substance of God was manifesting through the very face of Moses? Can you imagine someone being so yielded to God? Someone being so Overcome by the power of God, the life of God, the light of God, the, 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 the very nature and substance of the living God, like Moses was. God wanted us to know that it was possible that God could and would live through human beings. That's the closest they ever came to looking into the face of God when they saw Moses. You say, is that possible to walk in that kind of a realm? Apparently it is. Because that's what God is saying to us. That's what God is speaking to our hearts. In other words, we should be very much involved in working out our own salvation and not as much involved in doing so many other things that take us away from this. We can get so preoccupied with all kinds of other things and so involved in doing so many good things that we neglect self and the development of God in our being. This is something that cannot be neglected. Beloved, I believe it gives place to backsliding. Say, so how can that possibly be? You know, I've seen, I saw many individuals backslide at Rama because they were so involved in what they were doing. They gave no attention to their own spiritual condition. That's the truth. You can get so involved that way that you don't take time for yourself and for spiritual growth and development and the life of God continuing to flow in you until it overtakes you. They that wait upon the Lord, they will exchange strengths they will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall, not, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they will be sustained in spirit, in soul, in body with the life of God. Here's an exchange right here. Here's a major way that we can promote the very life of God. And what about this verse in the book of Proverbs chapter 4? Now, we have emphasized in that verse healing. Healing. But let's go review it again and emphasize that which gives place to healing. My son, attend to my words and climb thine ear into my sayings. Proverbs four twenty through 22. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life. For they are life. For they are life. Life. God's life is contained in His Word. And when we give attention to the Word of God, we give place to the life of God. His words are life to those that find them, as well as health to all their flesh. See, it's from the inside out. And that's what that verse is really saying. And so we can promote the higher life by waiting upon God, study of His Word, prayer, Also, confessing the Word of God. Beloved, we have used confession and some have misused confession. But I want you to know there's not going to be any dynamic flow of the life, power, nature and substance of God in your life apart from confession. We might as well tell it the way it is. As long as you say to yourself, that you're never going to grow, God's not going to get bigger in you, and I don't know if God's pleased with my life, and I'm just a little old person down here on this earth, barely getting along, and I don't know if God really loves me, and and I don't know, I just don't seem to be able to stand strong like I should. As long as you keep saying those things, you will limit God in your life. You say, but they're true. Well, they may be true, but don't feed on it. I said, don't feed on it. The only way they're going to be overcome by the power and life of God is by your confessing who you are in Christ according to the Word. God is pleased when our lips speak right things. Beloved, this is a powerful truth. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. May I say this? The very life, nature, ability, and substance of God first and foremost is released through your life in the power of words. When will we ever let that sink into our ears? When will we recognize and realize that when I say, Well, I don't know. Who am I? God can't do a whole lot through my life. Look at me. You talk like that, you make God small in you, you give him a little corner of your heart. He occupies that space and that's it. And he wants to break loose, but he can't. You've got him cornered. You've got him boxed in. But I'm telling you, when you start saying, I am born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm a king and a priest of the Most High God. Royal blood flows through my veins. I'm a member of the royal family. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joiner with Jesus and greater is He who lives in me than he that lives in this world. I cannot be defeated. I will not be overcome. I am not giving up, giving in. I'm not caving in. I'm not losing heart, being discouraged. God can use me. You know why He can use me? I am available. I don't have to be highly developed, highly skilled, highly trained. I'm available unto God and God will train me. God will equip me. God will anoint me for whatever it is He would have me to do. So, Father, I make myself available to you. Use me. What you see is what you can use. You start talking like that, I'm telling you, you've got God pushing out into your body, out of your lips. The words that you speak are containers of the life Nature, power, ability, and substance of the living God. And you can release it through your life in word form. Look at Psalm 78 if you would please. Here's a lesson to learn. We've got to want it. We must promote it. And thirdly, we must deal with that which limits God in our lives. And if we don't learn to do that, beloved, then once again, God is not going to be able to be as big in us as He wants to be. How many of you really want to be filled with all this fullness of God? I mean, really desire it, really long for it? You want to be a very light of God's countenance and presence in this world of darkness? Well, beloved, this is what God wants for us. And how to achieve that and obtain that, once again, involves cooperation on our part. In Psalm 78, verse 40, it says, How oft did they provoke Him in the wilderness and grieve Him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You say, how can anyone limit God? He limited what they could do for them he limited they were limited he was limited in how he could help them if god had his way beloved there would have been unlimited manifestations of his glory and power and provisions in their lives if god had his way they would have been blessed coming in blessed going out blessed in the city blessed in the field blessed in the basket blessed in the store they would have been the head and not the tail above and not beneath. They would have lived in the high places. In every possible imaginable way to be blessed on earth, they would have experienced in their lives. But they limited the Holy One of Israel. They put them in a box. They set the boundaries. How did they do that? Well, if you go back and study their history, you'll find out under the leadership of Moses... One way was small-mindedness. They thought small. You know that your mind can limit God's activity in you. You try to understand God with your mind, God will be small. And that's not an insult, it's just a fact. We're only using 10% of our brains. Come on, God's bigger than that. And if you do use 10%, you're probably a genius. By whose standard? I like to challenge that. By whose standard are you a genius? You're not using 90%, only 10, and you're a genius. What was Adam? The crown of God's creation. Right? Well, small-mindedness limited God. Fear limited God. Discouragement limited God. When we get discouraged, God is small. Low self-esteem, low self-worth limited God and His activity in their lives. Viewing life's giants as bigger than God limited the activity of God in their lives. Of course, disobedience will limit God and so will loss of vision or focus. See, they'll keep God small. And that's what they did. Oh, we can't go possess the land. Look at those giants there in the land. They're so big. How are we going to get in there and have that milk and honey? And the fruit of the land is wonderful. And boy, we'd love to have it. But how are we going to get in there and, and get it? They're too big for us. See, they, they view themselves as being small in God. And beloved, you realize every single one of us has the same redemptive rights. We belong to the same family. And the Father has no favorites. And no matter who you are, you, ha- you are an equal heir in Christ, with Him and all the saints. The inheritance that He has left us is the same for all of us. But once again, they were small-minded. Through fear, discouragement, low self-esteem, and disobedience and all those things, God was small in their lives. They set boundaries. Well, we have got to stop setting boundaries. When Jesus spoke and said to us, all things are possible to Him that believeth, He was wanting to get us to be big-minded in God. Stop viewing ourselves as being small or God being small in us compared to all the opposition that is out there. Yes, there's opposition. Yes, there are forces ranged against us. Yes, Satan has a strategy and a plan. Beloved, when I hear God's people talking about the activity of Satan in their lives and what the devil is doing, I don't know what it does to you. It just makes me cringe. The devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that. And that's why we can't get ahead in this life because the devil's doing this, and you know how big he is and and what he's doing out there. My goodness, it's time that we start to rise up and say how big God is. He's the Al Shaddai of our lives. He's the one that's more than enough. He's the one that'll put us over. He's the one that wants to be unleashed, not Satan's powers. And the more we talk like that through, through negative talk and, and uh, exalting the work of the enemy, what it does is just keeps God boxed in, keeps Him small, limits Him, and sets up boundaries that He cannot pass over. Why? Because God's not going to force Himself into your soul. I'll tell you something else. God's not going to force Himself into your tongue. He will not force Himself into your mouth in word form. He will not make Himself speak through your words. You've got to invite Him, and you have got to on purpose speak out the Word of God. We have got to become big-minded. We have got to see God in us being bigger than our problems. And, beloved, the only way we're going to get to that place is through surrender and self-denial. You've got to surrender yourself to God. I have got to surrender myself to God. And I've got to deny myself the luxury of living by my own five physical senses and natural human reasoning. I've got to deny myself the lower life to achieve and obtain the higher life. And so do you, if you want it. I want to show that to you. Go on to the book of Joshua, if you would, please, in chapter 1, and we see this illustrated for us. Beloved, let me just state it this way God doesn't have to change for us to get to this place. He really doesn't. Sometimes I think that's what we're waiting for. Well, when God changes, man, He's really going to live big in me. See, when he changes to meet the criteria of my life, then he is really going to be big in me. My goodness. Watch how big God's going to be in me when he changes. That's not the way it works. See, he's the one that doesn't change. We are the ones that have to change. And change is not a good word in our vocabulary. Human beings don't like change. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want you to see something here. He spoke to Joshua after Moses died, put Joshua in leadership, and the first thing he does, he instills within him big-mindedness. Look at verse 3. Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Notice God didn't change. His purpose didn't change. His intention didn't change. He told it to Moses, didn't He? I'm telling it to you, Joshua. God didn't change. Who changed? They did. The people did. The leadership changed uh, over to Joshua, and Joshua instilled within those people big-mindedness. He said, what territory can you have? Wherever you set your foot. What do you have to do then? Get up and begin to walk. You realize that God wants us to do that with regard to the devil and the enemy? You've got to put your foot down. Say, this is my ground. This is my territory. This is my life. I'm not talking about necessarily just this way. I know we illustrate it by doing it that way. I'm talking about here on the inside. This is reserved for God. This spot in my mind is reserved for God, not that ungodly thought. Put your foot down. Stake a claim. I want God in my soul. I want God in my body. Every place you set the sole of your foot, I have given you. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you. What is he doing there? He's getting in to be big-minded, and then he is eliminating fear, eradicating fear, Fear, because fear limits God. Don't be afraid of those that stand before you. There will not be any man able to stand before you all the days of your life. I like that. Not for a short season, not for a short time, all the days of your life. Don't you like that? All the while you're a child of God on this earth, you do not have to fear. What man shall do unto you? What your enemy is going to do against you? As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Beloved, God didn't change. They had to change. Their view had to change. Their view of God, their small-mindedness had to change. They had to become big-minded. Their fear had to be dealt with and eradicated. Faith built within their heart. They had to have the vision. They had to see God bigger than their enemies, the problems of life, the circumstances, the hindrances, the opposition, whatever it is that comes against us to keep God small. We have got to stop looking at those hindrances and making them bigger than God. We've got to start saying, yes, my God is with me. He is able to defend me, help me, protect me, do whatever it is that is necessary to be done. So I can be successful, I will not be afraid. He will not fail me and he will not forsake me. Beloved, we've got to start talking like that more often too and start saying that to ourselves. That makes God bigger. Then he says, with regard to being discouraged, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very Courageous. See, beloved, it is important that we are of a good courage. I'm telling you right now, I have put this to practice even in a greater way recently. I mean, even in a greater way. Just walking up to people saying, you know, you've got the life of God, the fire of God, the power of God in you. And you can just see it impact their lives. It brings courage. Words of encouragement are powerful to the human heart. I mean powerful. Be strong in God, in the Lord, and the power of His might. And you start telling that to people, it adds substance to their lives, doesn't it? They build on that. You see, you feed on that. You feed others that same truth. The courageous in God. Be strong. Be courageous. He goes on to say, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Don't go to one extreme or the other. You know, even in today's move of God, you see people at different places of extremes. You've got those that are absolutely withdrawing totally from the move of God. And you've got others that are out there doing all kinds of crazy things in the name of the move of God. And God doesn't want us to the left nor to the right. Neither to the left, nor the right. He wants us walking down the straight and narrow, staying firm, staying with God, moving with God, acting in God, not getting out of line, walking on that straight and narrow path for our lives. Why? So that we prosper. The moves are going to come and the moves are going to go. You stay on the straight and narrow. You stay with the Word of God. You stay with the things of the Spirit of God that you know to be true. And don't go to the extremes. And you'll find out you'll be successful. Then this book of the law shall not depart out of your Bible that you have on the coffee table. No, it shall not depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt meditate. Look at this. this if you want to say formula, okay, or these principles? God ordained them. God gave them. But look. This is what's going to get God bigger in our lives. Don't let the Word depart from your mouth. Meditate it day and night that you may observe to do it according to all that is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will find or have good success in life. You want God bigger in you? Then you and I have got to get a hold of the Word of God. Keep it in our mouth. Say with me, God is in me. The life of God. The nature of God, the ability of God, the substance of God, the power of God is in me. I'm the temple of the living God. I'm much bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. I am strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. I stand against all opposition, knowing my God won't leave me. Nor forsake me. He is with me. For me. In me. To put me over. In every fight of life. And Father, you're getting bigger in me. I give you. See, see you start saying like, I give you place to my, in my soul. I give you place in my thoughts. I give you place in my mouth as I speak words. I want you to see the life of God coming out of your mouth. When you say, devil, I rebuke you, you think it's in the strength of Bill? No. No, no, no. I put the Word of God in my heart. It's become my sharp, two-edged sword. I speak it. He spoke. Jesus, the Bible says, will speak the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, this is what he's talking about. And beloved, fourth and final ear, I believe it's number four, we have to make the soil of our heart good ground. We must make the soil of our heart good ground for God. It's got to be good ground. And this is something that only we can do. Jesus talked about in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, he talked about the condition of the heart. He said if it's hard, if it's stony, if it's thorny, then there's not going to be a whole lot of activity as far as God is concerned within. If it's hard, Satan's going to come and just take the seed of His Word and just remove it. If it's full of thorns, you're going to receive the Word with joy and gladness for a season, but when persecution and affliction come for the Word's sake, the Bible says what? The Word will be choked out. It's not going to produce. There's no depth. See, stony soil, no root, no depth, persecution that's going to come your way. The cares of this world, the lusts of other things, the deceitfulness of riches can enter in and choke out the Word from a person's heart. So what does that tell us? See, we've got to do something with the condition of the soil of our heart. We've got to make it good ground for God. You can't do that for me and I can't do that for you. I can't get out your spiritual rake and rake the stones out. I can't put on your spiritual gloves and pull out the thorn bushes. I can't get that hoe out or the shovel out and dig up that hard ground and turn it over and add some good ingredients to it so that it's good soil to promote God in you. But you can do that. You can do that for yourself if you so desire. Jesus said, it's the one whose ground is good soil that's going to produce in God. And the Word of God which contains the life of God is going to multiply within the heart of that person who hears the Word and does it who protects the Word of God within his heart with patience, knowing that he'll be challenged day after day, but says, I refuse to give in to these forces. Lust of other things can keep God from expanding in you. Deceitfulness of riches can keep God from expanding in you. See, the heart can be committed to other things than the promotion of God. And if that is the case, it has to be dealt with. If the cares of this life, in other words, are my deep concerns, then it's sad, but it's true that God's not going to have the bigger place in my life that He wants. But if my biggest concern is the life of God in me, and I promote that, then, beloved, God is going to enlarge in me and in you. He is going to get bigger and bigger until He occupies more space in your heart, begins to flood over into your soul and expands His life into your soulish realm, and then He energizes and electrifies the cells of your very body with the light of His own life and substance until, as I said, flames of fire shoot out your eyes and shafts of light out your hands. And everywhere you go, you glow with the countenance of God. Let's stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings.